Welcome to the Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. You're listening to our weekly worship service message. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, choir, for leading so beautifully. And again, thank you for being here today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. I always like to share a little humor, and maybe you heard this story about the the man that went to the doctor with two severely burnt ears. When he went in to see the doctor, the doctor said, what happened? He said, well, I was ironing a shirt, and he said the phone rang, and out of habit, I lifted up my hand, and the iron burnt my ear when I went to answer. Doctor said, that's terrible, though. How did you burn the other ear? He said, they called back. Several years ago, I was out making some visits, and uh, I kind of got lost. I was out in the, out in the country, and, and I was looking for the right road, and I couldn't seem to find it. And so uh, I did what I had seen my dad do uh, many years when I was a child. He would pull up in front of a stranger's house, and if someone was out, he would ask, or he would honk his horn for someone to come out of the house, and and he would ask them for directions. I understand this is before Siri. This is before saying, hey, Siri. And uh, this was before GPS or before Maps app or whatever. So I noticed there was a gentleman sitting down in his front yard in a lawn chair. And I said, not hey, Siri, but excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. He said, yes. Well, he got up out of his chair and he walked over to my to my car and I said uh sir I'm looking for such and such road do you know where it is he goes sure do (laughs) he said you go down here and you take the second right and then you're going to turn left and you're going to run right into it and I said, thank you, sir, very much. And, and as I drove off, I thought, that man's more lost than I am. He doesn't, he doesn't know. So I didn't trust his directions. For the last couple of weeks, we've been going through a series on one of the most well-known passages in Scripture. And it's also one of the most um, used passages in Scripture. It's used to bring encouragement to the young and to bring comfort to the old. It brings hope and strength to the searching and the struggling. The 23rd Psalm was penned by none other than David. Now, scholars believe it was not young shepherd boy David, but it was older, life-experienced King David who had been through some of life's hardest challenges and who knew how to comfort and give encouragement to people as they went through this thing called life. I'm so grateful that through this passage, we have learned that the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And today he guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
And today, maybe you're here and you're looking for the right road. You've been wandering around aimlessly searching, asking the wrong people for directions, and you're just as lost as you were when you first started on this journey. And now you're wanting to get on the right road. You want to get on track. You want to know how to maneuver through the obstacles of this life and find that path that leads us home. And I pray if that's you today, that you would find hope in this passage. David found hope in his shepherd king. And I pray we would find hope in that same shepherd king, the Lord Jesus Christ. For when we look to Jesus, we find that he guides us, that he guides us. Do you know what? Sheep need guidance. Sheep, by nature, are blind. They are a nearsighted, almost blind, uh, physically and mentally. They need, they can't see much more than the grass in front of them. Many times we are spiritually blind and we can't see as the sheep could not see dangers all around them or a cliff that was surrounding them, that it was easy for them just to go over the edge if the shepherd was not guiding them. We too need guidance. And we know that David tried to follow the Lord as his shepherd. We read in Psalm 17, 5 that, that his steps had uh, kept on the path of the Lord. We know that his steps tried to follow the Lord's leading. And some of us are here today, and we have tried to go our own way instead of going in the Lord's way. And we, we must trust in him. I, I think about Psalm 37, 3, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. It says, uh, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. And we know in verse 5 of Psalm 37, we are to commit our way to the Lord and he will do this. And I pray today that if you have been off track, if you have been who can lead you down that right path, down that right road. But we must trust in him and lean not on our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him, and he will make our path straight. But it's my prayer today that we would follow his lead. Now, how does he guide us? Well, he guides us through his word. Without God's word, we would be groping around in darkness. This is our roadmap. This is our atlas. This is what gives our lives direction. We read in Psalm 119, 105, that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. How many times have you, and this I'm not suggesting this is how you want to do it, but we've all maybe done it before where you've said, I need God's direction. I'm clear. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to just open up my Bible and wherever it falls, we say, wow, that was exactly, have you all done that before? And you've gone, wow, 
the Lord was, I'm not saying that's how you should do your Bible reading every day. This is what the Lord, went, oh wow, this is it. This is, I'm not saying that's how you ought to do it every day, but God can use it. He wants you to open it. And I'm so thankful that he can give direction in our lives through his word. He also gives direction through prayer. How many times when you have an important decision, do you go to the Lord in prayer? Do you say, Lord, I need your wisdom. Lord, I need your discernment. Lord, should I stay or should I go? Lord, should I marry this person or not? Lord, should I make this investment or not? Lord, how many times do we pray? Well, that's what we're supposed to do. In Psalm 139, 23, and 24, David, who was asking God to look at his devotion, he goes, uh, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way that's everlasting. Maybe today you need to spend more time in prayer and you would know the direction you are to go. But then he also guides us through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. I think about what Jesus said in John 14, 16, and 17. He said, I will ask the Father to bring you another counselor that will be with you forever, the spirit of truth. When he said, bring you another counselor, he was saying other than himself, here is another counselor that will be with you, not just for a short period, but will be with you forever, the spirit of truth. I believe the Holy Spirit can use circumstances close doors, open opportunities. He can use pastors or Sunday school teachers or Christian counselors or moms or dads or, or maybe a family member to give guidance. And you don't know what you're doing, but the Holy Spirit might speak through me or someone else. And how many times do we ignore that? And we say, I know what I'm doing. I know which way to go, I, I already know. And then we end up going, oh, I should have listened. They tried to tell me, but I could have had a V8. But so many times we do that, where we like don't listen to reason. I want to tell you, through the years, I've been so thankful to shepherd this flock. I've been humbled to be a shepherd that's tried to follow the Holy Spirit's lead. Look, I pray daily, Lord, you've heard me say it, if not one, but 101 times, Lord, keep me and this church in step with your Holy Spirit. May we never run ahead of you, nor lag behind you, or get out of step with you. Keep us in perfect step with your Spirit. That's been my prayer, to follow the Holy Spirit's lead. And through the years, I try to protect the sheep. I remember many years ago, um, there was a decision, this was years ago, there was a decision that was needing to be made. I had a little bit more information than everyone else, and part of my job is to protect the church. And I was making a decision that a few folks did not agree with, and somebody came to me and said, how is it that you think you know God's will and I don't? 
And I said, for such a time as this, God has called me to shepherd this flock. And I said, through the years, I have never tried to lead this church in any other direction but the direction that the Lord was leading me. I would never do anything to intentionally hurt anyone or to hurt this church, but only to keep us in the same path that the Lord would have us to go. And guess what? The Lord took care of the situation, and praise the Lord. He was, he was glorified, and we have continued to keep on keeping on. But you know what? We must ask him to guide us through his word and through prayer and through the Holy Spirit. He does and he will guide us, but he also gives us the right path. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. Well, again, how many of us have not listened to voice of reason when people have tried to tell us the direction that we need to go. Because again, so many times, we know more than everyone else. When it's as plain as day to someone outside looking in, but sometimes we're blinded by the situation. He gives us the right path that we are to go. As a matter of fact, we, we read in Proverbs uh, uh, 12, 24, that, that he brings life to those who follow the righteous path. For those that are on that righteous path, you have life. And you know, that's why Jesus came into the world. He wanted to, to be the shepherd that would guide us to salvation. If you would remember in, in Matthew chapter 9, at age 30, Jesus began his threefold ministry on this earth of preaching, teaching, and performing miracles of healing. And, and do you remember that he said in verse 36 of Matthew uh, chapter 9, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now what was he talking about? Well, he was talking about if the religious leaders of the day would have been true shepherds, they would not have tried to lead the people away from the one true shepherd, which was the Lord, and that's exactly what they were trying to do. So Jesus had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And that's what Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He was saying, I'm the, I'm the path that gets you there. I'm the way. So why is it you think you know better than I? Why is it that you think your way is better? I'm telling you how to get to life. And then Jesus said it this way in, in uh, Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14. He said that, that wide is the gate and broad is the road which leads to destruction, and many find it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road, which leads to life, and only a few find it. So that's why he said, enter through the narrow gate, enter through the small gate, because there's so many people that are not going the right way. They're going every kind of way. And it's important that we 
stay on that straight and narrow. And, and when he says God and righteousness, he's talking about the right kind of life. He's talking about a, a safe life. He's talking about a, a, a righteous path. And so many people are off track going every other kind of way. Through the years, I've had the privilege and the honor to sit down and talk with people when they've sought out some, some advice or some counseling. I've, I've had that honor. And there are times when people have talked to me, it's been as plain to me. I've said to people, if you don't stop seeing that person, this is what's going to happen. And the next thing you know, boom, they've lost their family. Boom, they've lost their job. Their world is falling apart. And I'm just there going, I'm praying for them. I've had people to come to me and said, look, I, I've got this uh, struggle with drugs and I'm in this and that. And I've said, look, if you don't stop, this is what's going to happen. They've ignored me, some have. And next thing you know, I'm visiting them in jail. And I've said, look, you've got your whole life ahead of you. And until you decide you're going to get off that path, I'm going to keep visiting you in this same old place five years from now. And so many times God gives us clear direction, but yet we're blinded by the world and that path that everyone else is traveling. And he's saying it's time that you get your life on the right road, on the right path, the one that leads to life, not the one that leads to death. So we know through this beautiful passage that he guides us and he gives us the right path. But then lastly, we must glorify him. We must glorify him. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In other words, to glorify the Lord, to give honor to him, to give praise to him. Isn't that why we're here? Aren't we here to glorify and to praise the Lord? Are we here to make a name for ourselves? Or are we here to make a name for Jesus Christ? Are we here to self-promote or God-promote? Are we here to point people to us or point people to Him? I pray that every single one of us, whatever job you have, or if you're a student, a young person on the team, or in the or in the band, or in an orchestra, or, or whatever you do, you do it to bring glory to God. I'm, you, God has given me this opportunity to be around this group of people to glorify Him. No matter what your profession, no matter if you're a student, no matter your age, and the brevity of this life, if we could say, God, it's all for your glory. Everything I say Everything I do, I want you to be glorified. Jesus said in John 17, 4, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now what work was he given to do? Redemption. He redeemed our life. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work, Lord, you gave me to do. And we know he did it because you remember one of the last sayings of Christ on the cross when he said, it is finished. He was saying, I completed the work, Lord. Father, that you gave me to do. I've saved all those who would call upon my name. 
And today, I pray that we would strive to glorify Christ in our relationships, at school, around our peers, on the team, whatever it may be. Say, am I glorifying God on how I'm acting, how I'm talking, the things I'm doing? Or am I pushing people away from the Lord instead of bringing them to him? I pray we would glorify him together. I read a story about an old church in Norway that had a carving of a lamb up near the steeple. And it was not put there to be uh, ornate or decorative. It was put there out of humble, sheer gratitude. The story was told that many years ago when this church was being built, there was a worker standing on a tower scaffold up near the steeple when he lost his balance and he fell off that tall scaffolding and, and fell to the ground and his co-workers knew he had to be dead, that there was no way he could have survived that fall and, and they made their way down and they ran to him much to their surprise and amazement. He was living. He was alive, just a few injuries. And there they said, it's, a, it's amazing that there were some sheep out in that country in Norway that were going to pasture and one had gotten close to where they were working and as that worker fell off that tower, he landed on that lamb and it broke his fall. The lamb was crushed, but the man lived. And many years later, as a tribute and honor of the saving grace of this lamb, a man, a skilled craftsman, had climbed up to the spot near the steeple where that man had fallen, and he carved a beautiful lamb on the side of the rock. Haven't we all been saved by the lamb? That's what Jesus, not only is our shepherd, he was the spotless lamb of God that was crushed for our iniquity and our sin so that we might have life and life everlasting. In Revelation 5, 12, it says, Worthy is the, the angels saying, Worthy is the Lamb of God that was slain, who received power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Worthy is the Lamb of God. And I pray today that if you have never given your heart and life to the one who gave his life for you and me, that today would be the day. Stop worrying about what everyone else thinks and start thinking about what does God think? Am I bringing glory to God and how I'm living and the things I'm doing? Worthy is the Lamb of God that was slain for you and me. Or maybe you're here and you've been looking as a Christian to get your life back on track. You've been lied to and, and you've been messed over and you've been taken advantage of. But God will never lead you and me astray and he'll receive you with open arms back home and all you have to do is come to him. Or maybe you've been looking for a place to call home. I say it every week. This is a wonderful church, a wonderful flock, we're not perfect, and I'm not a perfect shepherd. 
It won't take you two seconds to find fault. But if you're looking for Jesus Christ, it won't take you but a second to find his presence in this place. And we invite you to be a part of this flock, this fold, that you might be a part of the great things that God is doing. But however the Holy Spirit leads, I'm asking you in a moment, we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. Would you be bold enough, courageous enough to come and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to follow my Lord, my shepherd from this point on. May we pray. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women or young people here that have never taken that first step in following the shepherd, the good shepherd, that they might come today and acknowledge Jesus Christ before these people and not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, maybe there are others that are Christians already and, and they've gotten off track and gotten on the wrong road and, and Lord, they want to get back on track, on the right path. The one that has the small gate and the narrow road because it leads to life and only a few find it. Give them the boldness, the holy boldness and courage to come. Or, Lord, maybe it's folks that, that are looking for a church home. And, Lord, we sure have a special love relationship here with you and one another. And, God, where there are people, there will always be problems. But, Lord, when we keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus, we know he is perfect. You are perfect, pure and holy, spotless Lamb of God. So give us the courage, oh God, to follow your lead, even now, in the strong name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We'd love to have you join us this Sunday at 8.30 or 11 a.m. For more information about our church and our ministries, go to forksbaptist.org.